This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Time now for our regular fortnightly all with Dunedin Mayor Aaron Hawkins who joins us on the line. Morena, Aaron, nice to have you with us again. Good morning. Let's uh, talk three waters. It's been a while since we've had a conversation about this, but I'm sure our listeners will have followed uh, uh, what, how it's all unfolded. Uh, what we do know now, of course, is that it's kind of been well. It has been taken out of uh, out of your hands to an extent. We know that the four water service entities are going ahead. Um, as we stand now, what is your hope for how we can still be part of the process and part of the decision making? Yeah, and that's about all we know uh, at this point. So the the government have decided to make it as uh, extremely disappointing for us. We've been told all the way through, and, and I've made this point and this time. And, now. Aaron, I just need to just interrupt you there. We just got really rough uh, um, line with you there. You're just sort of fading in and out a bit. So if we can find a good spot for you, that would be good. It's a, it's a metaphor for something. Is this better? <laughs> that is better. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, all good. Um, so we've been told all the way through this uh, that, that it would be a genuine choice for councils to make and that our community would be able to be involved in that, uh, in that decision. And neither of those things... Uh, will will be the case now that the decision has been taken for it to be made mandatory, and, and that is that is extremely disappointing, um, and, and that is a decision that, that the government has made. However, it's hard to see how they could have done it any differently, given how toxic the debate has become. Uh, and I use with debate. Um, uh, liberally here uh, in, in, the, in the public discourse, and 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 that being prolonged, I can't imagine would have been particularly helpful for anyone. But uh, beyond the fact that uh, the participation now there's uh, there's little else uh, at this point, and, and the minister has set up uh, a series of uh, of working groups uh, to work through the. The feedback that was received largely by local government uh, over the eight-week period that we had to provide feedback on the proposal and, and the, the genuine concerns uh, that we uh, in Dunedin have and that are shared by and by others around uh, around Motu, around how the governance structures work and, and how our uh, will be accountable to our communities, uh, how they interact with the planning system, uh, how how rural water schemes will be accounted for, uh, all of that uh, will be uh, continued to work through in the coming months. Uh, and and uh, having having seen that though, uh, the proposal at this point is for the legislation to be introduced before Christmas, and and I think what's uh, what's important at the moment is trying to line that up so that uh, the work uh, of those of those groups uh, can. Uh, can influence and, and inform the the drafting of the legislation rather than having to rely solely on uh, the select committee process, which will be the you know the, the public opportunity for people to give uh, to give feedback on on where this is heading. Given that um, they won't be able to do that uh, at a at a local level in any meaningful way. You haven't had any further feedback on 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 whether that hope that you have is likely to bear fruit? 
no. So well, we don't know. We won't know until the the groups have been established. So no terms of reference uh, for those groups at this point. Uh, and 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 they will um, and and at the same because they were set up at the same time as the decision was made to make this mandatory, and that obviously took uh, all of the headlines. There's, there's also been a, a document put out that summarises the, the feedback um, that has been given. Um, but this is yeah, this is uh, certainly a, a work in progress in terms of how the how the various um, parties at this point uh, are set up, how they function, what the timelines are, uh, all of those things are still unknown to us at this point. Let's move on to a local decision, and that was the one recently around the proposal to have a a rainbow crossing in our city, and, uh, well, uh, ultimately no rainbow crossing at the intersection on Lower Stewart and Moray Place. But uh, where do we go with that idea? It was such an interesting one and interesting that it uh, is something that came to the council from, you know, a public, a groundswell of public opinion. Yeah, these aren't... uh new or novel ideas obviously similar things exist uh, in other cities uh, and and this was a request that came from uh, from the rain help and, and and its allies locally and, and I think that is something that makes it easier to support I'm nervous about um, these sorts of projects being instigated by um, by politicians because it can uh, end up being uh, shallow tokenism, you know, paint some lines on the ground, and we can better done in terms of building a, a more inclusive community. But I, but I can support something that has come from from is a response uh, to a request from the community itself. Uh, the the proposal was for it to be, as you said, on the intersection of Stuart Street and Moray Place. Uh, that that was too hard for a for a number of reasons um, in terms of how what that would mean for the transport network. It's a, a it's a busy stretch for our, our bus service, uh, also in terms of pedestrian safety because you know um, uh, un, uh, uh, un, unusual is not the right word, but ir- irregular or or uh, innovative or novel road markings um, can be problematic for for some people. And so it is safer to do it in an area that is already um, prioritising pedestrians or is already um, more um, a more naturally safe place for people who need to to cross the road. And so the the decision was taken at, at council this week um, that we support having one. It can't be at the place that it is proposed, uh, but the. The, but staff and and representatives of the community will work through various options in terms of where it will go and, and what it will look like, and I'm keen to see what they come up with. Last week, uh, the council voted to scrap all overdue fees at the Dunedin Public Libraries and waive existing fines. Um, what was the thinking behind that, Aaron? So this is something that we already uh, have been doing for uh, for children, for for library members under the age of eighteen, uh, from uh, the first of July last year. This is July twenty twenty uh, that came in, and it's it's a, a global campaign, but it is being led um, nationally by the the National Association of of Libraries to. 
waive uh, overdue fees and, and and fines in the public library system. There's no evidence uh, that suggests uh, having overdue charges does anything to influence behaviour in terms of people bringing their books back on time, uh, which means ultimately it's punitive for its own sake. And all that does is punish people, particularly people on lower incomes, who are unable to absorb their library fines and overdue charges, and they get to the point where um, they just stop using the public library system. Uh, and and that seems uh, like a huge shame to me to have uh, people in our community who are unable to access the wonderful resources that our public library system uh, provides. Uh, and so uh, a simple way of, of making it easier for people and to be able to access those resources was for us to extend the the um, the the zero overdue fees regime uh, to to all library users uh, and then further to that to, to waive all existing charges including those that have been referred to debt collection agencies so a really positive uh, move I think particularly in this hour uh, UNESCO City of Literature. It seems crazy to me that we would be um, making decisions that would knowingly and actively shut out uh, sections of our community from the joy of reading. Such an interesting um, decision uh, that a punitive approach doesn't work in these kinds of situations. It's taken many, many years to get there. Yeah, and, and I mean, I've, I've been aware of it for for a while, we're just picking up on um, bits and pieces uh, from overseas, but it really seems to have uh, generated some momentum uh, here in New Zealand. A number of councils made this decision uh, during their uh, most recent uh, long-term plan budget meetings. Auckland Council, Nelson uh, Council, uh, Selwyn, I think Cluth is already in, in this camp. So uh, there are plenty of others uh, who have gone before, and, and that's that's not unhelpful because we can point to them and see that you know it hasn't created the situation where um, people have been hoarding books forever because they're never going to be uh, charged overdue uh, overdue fees. But you know, I think a really a really positive a very positive move for our community's well-being. You must have been pleased to see um, council uh, staff recognised f- uh, uh, with a couple of gongs in relation to the work they've been doing on the St Clair St Kilda Coastal Plan around community engagement, something of a, a template to follow, uh, uh, one would suggest. Yeah, so the the International Association of Public Participation, uh, IAP2, uh, is a is a body that works on basically supporting best practice for uh, community engagement and consultation. How how you talk to your community about big decisions that you are that you are making, uh, and it doesn't get much bigger than the work that we're doing on the St Clair St Kilda Coastal Plan uh, in terms of you know, what that might look like in the future, uh, what are what interventions are possible, uh, and what that means. And, and this is a, a conversation that's been going on in various forms uh, in the city for decades. Uh, and so there's a there's a risk um, uh, in those sorts of situations that people will choose not to en- engage in it because they don't see the point, frankly. Um, but I think it's testament to the work that our staff have done uh, that that hasn't been the case. I mean, these are 
these are discussions that people are rightly anxious about when it involves you know where they live, their home, their their recreational spaces, their livelihoods in many cases. Uh, and 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 what's been great about the work that our staff have done is that in this case uh, it's built on absolutely you know working through a set of shared values that our community has and, and then using that uh, to to work up various options for the various sections of that coastline and and I think the you know coastal geomorphology is a particular science and a tricky business uh, these are very complex issues uh, and um, you know often and, and people have very strong opinions about it and I think it's testament to the work that um, that Garrett Chin and, and Tom Simon Smith and, and others have done uh, that they've been able to navigate that um, with without any real any real static they've got real and genuine buy-in from the affected communities uh, into their work and, and working out these options and I think it's right to see them recognised for uh, winning the they won the best planning project and then the best overall project in the IAP2 core value awards uh, which ordinarily would have been a, a face-to-face conference but was uh, held through the miracle of video conferencing uh, this year but really great to see that work recognised last week. Speaking of public consultation just what is it eight more days left for people to take a look at what the potentially Bathgate Park playground could soon look like part of a series of play space upgrades across the city and people have an opportunity to have their say on that Aaron. Yes, I mean, part two of, of that, really. I mean, we've got, um, and you know, it's been the best part of a decade since council has really invested in playgrounds and play spaces across the city. Uh, and the decision was made in our 10-year budget to uh, allocate significant uh, money towards remedying that. And, and so the Play Spaces Action Plan looked at um, you know, what we have, where it is, what needs doing, uh, and has come up with um, a, a priority program for this, the first year, uh, and and um, and that will be updated annually in terms of where we're going. Uh, so we, we went out to ask the, the, the people uh, out in that community what they wanted to see in Bathgate Park as uh, one of the, the first projects, and, and that has been uh, pulled together and a, a concept has been developed uh, in terms of you know, this is what we could achieve based on what people have told us. And so this is the, the second round of that, basically checking in to see uh, whether we've got that right or, or what other uh, concerns or, or aspirations people might have. But just really great to see uh, a, a physical, tangible uh, expression of what investment and in, in community well-being can look like because we know that these are really important spaces uh, for, our, uh, for our community and it's, it's long overdue that they've seen some love and some investment and, and Bathgate Park is a great place to start that work. Feedback closes on uh, 12th of November for that. So uh, go to dunedin.govt.nz or you can ring uh, customer services 477-4000 find out more ways to get your feedback heard. Uh, Just finally, Aaron, I had a really interesting uh, quarter yesterday on the Awesome Morning Show with Stephanie Clare, Age Concern New Zealand Chief Executive, about uh, the Light Up Loneliness campaign, uh, which is being driven by the New Zealand Coalition to End Loneliness, of which Age Concern is uh, a member. Um, and uh, Stephanie talked about uh, the challenge, I guess, that's been sent and set for uh, mayors and councils across Aotearoa to help promote the Let's End Loneliness 
priorities of tackling loneliness in the communities. Um, tell us, uh, first of all, your response to um, receiving that uh, sort of request for taking initiative, and then you know what what we might expect to see in terms of your response to it. Mm, yeah, I mean, full disclosure, I suppose. I'm, I'm also the of age concern target, and I was as surprised to find that out as you were um, by, by virtue of office. But uh, it is, these are conversations that I've had um, uh, on and off over the last 18 months with the staff here locally. Um, we know that there are age concern members in the community who are still reticent or, or reluctant to leave the house given the current COVID-19 situation and, and that is, that's an understandable and a, and a rational response um, to, the, to the, the public health situation that we find ourselves in um, but it does create uh, other issues in terms of um, disconnection and, uh, and um, access to services and, and access to um, human beings and support networks and activities and all those other things that that bring people together and, and create um, connection in the in the community and and make life worth living. And so the so the issue is, and it, and that's not a, it's not a new um, it's not a new problem, but uh, we've seen with COVID nineteen on many fronts that even it may not have created new situations, but it's blown an existing ones uh, wide open. And, and so I think it's it's timely uh, to consider uh, the implications of that. Uh, we know that uh, across the board there are um, there are mental health implications. For, as a result of what we've asked people to do and, and continue to ask people to do. And, and this is why uh, it's, it's incredibly important to uh, to me personally and to, to us uh, as a council to continue to support and invest in uh, our community and, and, and in ways that bring people together and build opportunities uh, for them to, to, to connect, and whether that's through... You know, supporting uh, place-based groups, um, the Blake Project or, or the South Dunedin Community Network or through uh, events and activities or through the public library system, as we've already talked about, or, or the art gallery or you know, places where people can come together and, and, and spend time together. Uh, and, and that is going to be increasingly important um, for, for people, particularly those uh, who may not have a strong uh, existing uh, family or social networks over the coming uh, months and years. Uh, and it's also why, uh, well, part of the reason why uh, we are um, as committed as we have been to supporting the, the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccination program with uh, the, the Southern DHB and Takaika and others, uh, because you know that is the that is a the most effective and practical thing we can do uh, to try and foster a greater degree of confidence uh, that people might have to be able to uh, get out and about in their community and, and enjoy uh, the, the facilities and enjoy each other's company and and and, and not feel uh, isolated or, or trapped in a way that they may do currently. Uh, but this this is uh, absolutely something that is um, that is worthy of attention, and and I think the the campaign for uh, for raising it in the way that they have. You can find out more about that campaign by visiting the website letsendloneliness.co.nz. So, Nathan Mayor Aaron Hawkins, uh, really appreciate the time you've taken to join us once more here on ORFM's Awesome Morning Show. Thanks for uh, contributing to the corridor this morning. We look forward to catching up in a couple of weeks' time. Good Jeff. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.